I want to tell you guys a quick story this morning. It's a true story. It's a story uh, that I heard and that I lived my freshman year in college when I uh, met my brand new roommate that fall day when I, when I got in there. And my, my new roommate, who I'd never met before, was um, the most extroverted person I had ever met. Um, he loved life. In fact, I had virtually had a room to myself because he was always out meeting people and with people. And this is his story. And I think it's one that on your professional faith day um, would be good for you to hear. Uh, my roommate in college uh, was Cambodian, and he grew up um, in the capital city of Phnom Penh when the Khmer Rouge, maybe you remember this from your history lessons, with the, led by the tyrant Pol Pot, uh, who was seizing control of the country. And and Pol Pot's desire was to create a classless society, so he was looking to, to do away with anybody with education or wealth or leadership. And so as, as his forces came closer to Phnom Penh, uh, anybody who had education or leadership or worked for the government or, um, or something like that uh, fled from the city, including my roommate and his parents, who both worked for the government and in education as well. Well... Paul Pot came, he overran the whole city, he took control of the country, and once he ran over the city and established his government there, he issued a, an invitation to all those who had fled. He said, those of you with education and leadership, I invite you to come back to the city and help me establish this new government. Come and help me. And so my roommate's mother and father went back to help establish the government, except Pol Pot was lying. Once they arrived... He executed them all um, as his way of leveling off the class system. So my roommate, as a young child, and his siblings went to live with family members out in the country. Uh, they were extremely poor, uh, poor enough that they didn't know if they were going to have enough food to survive. And so they, his, my roommate and his brother um, turned to stealing food to feed the family. They really didn't have much of a choice. They knew that the penalty for getting caught was deadly, and yet they were desperate enough that they went and stole food. And one night they did get caught, and they both, these young boys, both got thrown in prison, prison now run by the Khmer Rouge, who had no qualms about executions and killing. This is where the movie The Killing Fields came from, if you ever have seen that movie. And so it was just a matter of time before these two young boys would have their turn in the killing field. And so they sat in their prison cell waiting for that day. Their night came when the guards stopped at their gate, at their cell, and opened the door to their cell and told them to follow him. And this guard was leading them through the hallways, and they were certain that their life could be measured in minutes rather than days or weeks or years. They followed him through the hallways of the jail, and he led them to the front gate of the prison, and he opened the gate and told them to go. He didn't give them any reason why, and they didn't stick around to ask. They went. They never found out why they were set free. They made it out of the country and became refugees in Vietnam, and soon were sponsored here in the United States and adopted by a family here in Grand Rapids. And that miraculous story of that, that prison door opening up and them walking free 
is really the story that we are celebrating with you this morning. Because that's your story that you just told us up here. We, we aren't so much celebrating a decision that you made this morning. What we're celebrating is God's amazing grace that has captured you and set you free. You see, in that story of my roommate, there was no doubt about his guilt. I mean, he admitted it. He was caught red-handed stealing food. There's no doubt about his guilt. And, and no matter how justified his motivations may have been, that doesn't take away the fact that he was guilty. And in that political reality, that guilt demanded death. That was the punishment that was required. It's what he deserved. It's what he expected. And it's not what he received. Somehow he received a pardon instead of judgment. Somehow he received new life instead of death. And to this day, he cannot explain why that guard let him go. It's a mystery of grace that he'll never know. But I'm sure he celebrates that every single day that he has to live. And your grace story begins also with guilt. Because that's where all grace stories begin. You and I and every person in this room are guilty. It's obvious. There's no debating it. Every single one of us is a sinner, whether that sin is large or small, public or private, devastating or harmless. It doesn't matter because any sin labels each one of you, labels me, labels all of us as guilty. And the punishment for sin is death. There's no exceptions. God's verdict for you and me for the sin that we own is death. And that's why when you fully acknowledge that guilt, that you will truly be able to begin to recognize God's grace in your life that you have talked about. When there's no defense to be had, that's when God came to your defense. That's when he stood for you. God is the judge with every right to condemn you and punish you, but instead, he's the one who comes to your cell door, opens it up, and says, be free. He's the one who speaks words of grace instead. He's the one who rescinds your, your guilty verdict. That's the mystery of grace that you are celebrating and we're celebrating with you today. And the only explanation for that kind of undeserved grace is an immense amount of love for you. Because that grace does not come free. That punishment still has to happen. The price still needs to pay, be paid. And Jesus Christ, because he loves you so much, he paid that price on the cross for you so that your cell door could be open, so that you could be set free. Right? God demonstrates his own love for you in this, that while you were still a sinner, Jesus died for you. And when you fully realize, as I hope you do, as you fully realize the cost of God's undeserved grace in your life, that's when you'll be amazed by him. That's when your life will change. Because I can't help but imagine that my, my roommate's overflowing love for life, that just about drove an introvert like me crazy, right? That his overflowing love for life, and especially his love for people, just about everybody he ran into was his best friend. 
I can't help but imagine that that love for life was somehow rooted in the realization that for all intents and purposes, he shouldn't have been alive. Every day was a gift of God's grace to him. And so he lived every day to the fullest with laughter, with joy, because he knew grace. Every day was worth celebrating. When you've been given life instead of the death that you deserve, when your prison door has been swung open wide and you get to taste freedom that you never could have imagined would ever be yours, then you can't help but live a life shaped by gratitude. You can't help but be changed. So this morning, the five of you told all of us your grace story. You told all of us our grace story. Because yes, the characters and the details of all of our stories may be different, but the grace is the same for every single one of us. And your gratitude, now spoken and lived, will be evidence of your profession. Right Now you are free to live out the rest of your story. It's the story of God's grace being written in you as you live out of gratitude to him because your prison door has been swung open wide. Now what are you going to do? What are you going to do with these unexpected days that you've been given? I hope that in these grace days, you will do great things for God. I hope that you will love deeply and live boldly for God's glory. Full of gratitude for the grace that God has given you.